Welcome to SU Podcast in association with the Talbot Hotel in Carlo. Join us every week for deep dives into various topics featuring guests from all walks of life. Sit back, relax and happy listening. So hello and you're very welcome to SU Podcast here on the ITC SU Broadcasting Network in association with the Talbot Hotel in Carlo. Hope you're keeping well and safe wherever you might be listening. Remember you can always get in touch with us uh, through our social media outlets ITCSU or of course you can get us on our website www.itcsu.ie where all the latest content from SU TV and SU Podcast is there. Uh, today's show brought to you by Apache Pizza. Love Apache Pizza. Um, and we are joined by the amazing, wonderful, talented Debbie Riggard from Beat 102-103 and John, who is one of our fantastic new administrators in the Students' Union, but also um, did it, the course, the PR and media course here in the IT as well. So guys, you're very welcome. Thank you. You picked this up me. a lot Thanks. there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, that's know. it now. The compliments are done. Okay, back to negativity. Um, how has lockdown been for you? So we, what have we now? The 12th of March, nearly five, six months. Debbie, was it a... a you were probably working any, working away. Yeah, I have to say, like, you know, when like the whole kind of world stopped back in March, it was kind of, it was Paddy's day that all of Ireland kind of went, ah, oh. once that stopped, it was like, okay, this is getting really serious. But like everybody kind of had that bit of a two week break. The positive thing with radio and the fact that I'm nighttime radio is that my day and my weeks did not change at all. Okay. The only difference was that usually I would go into the broadcast center, which is where Beat is based. I'd go in there at about 11 or 12 o'clock in the day. The difference was I started at six o'clock in the evening and that was it. Yeah. That was, so it worked out all right for me. Obviously, um, in the work sense, it worked out okay. But the rest of the world, I was like, everybody's in the same boat it's trying to stay as safe as possible during this time you know yeah it's a it's a very unusual time john what did you get up to uh, you were probably still studying at that yeah, time i didn't really have much time to think really i finished exams then once i finished exams i was had a week off and then i was back working in woody's okay so um, much time to, t- <laughs> and well, what, to get so bored it was the 12th it went off and then your exams were what probably may so had you had you extra work to do that or was it just exam prep for the the we, had, we still had a, I think we had two continuous assessment modules to finish, um, so we had to get those finished. Say uh, two or three weeks, they were due before the exams, and then we're just uh, prepping for the exams and trying to find out what was going to be the story with the exams because yeah. they were a new way of doing them online. And How did you cope doing those exams? Like uh, it was a really weird experience. You know, you're sitting at home on your own laptop and your phone is buzzing with people going, "I can't believe this this question <laughs> came up. I can't yeah. believe this question didn't come up." Um, I'd say it only took me until the last exam to actually get the hang of them and uh, find out the best way of doing them. But um, yeah, it's just a weird experience. I think I prefer to actually be in the exam hall doing them. Yeah. Was it was it okay for you though? You were happy with the end results? Well, yeah, like grades ended up being similar enough to what I thought they were going to be Good. anyway, so it wasn't a big surprise. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, right, uh, Debbie, you yes. started at a very young age into the um, media. Why? Did you, was that, did you, growing up, did you want to do that from day one? Oh, 100%. I remember I was like 13 or 14 and there was like a distinct moment where I went, I want to get into the media industry. Do you remember Laura Whitmore? I do. Before she um, is the big star that she's on Love Island or whatever nowadays, 
she had done a competition with MTV um, to be their next like TV news presenter. You know, they used to do MTV uh-huh. news yeah. back in the day. It was a really big thing. And I remember seeing a person from Ireland win that and become a presenter. And I was like, how is this a job? You get to go and listen to music all day, every day. You get to listen to gossip and all this and you get paid for it. I was like, yes, 100%. So straight away when I was about, that was about 14. I was like, I want to do that job. But I was also desperately shy at that age as well. So there was no chance that I actually was going to build up the courage to do that. And so I ended up looking around college and obviously college is a very expensive thing to go to, you know, and a lot of the time you are kind of confined to the area where you live in the first place. So for me, I could only go to Waterford because I'm from Waterford um, and there was no media course at all um, based around there. So I was like, right, what's the closest thing that makes me talk and that's that's going to be my job and so I was like right I'll do arts because I can do Spanish and French because I'm going to talk all day every day and that will be my job and then so I did that and then I went over to Spain when I was uh, 20 to live there for a year and I was literally just over there and I was still kind of in my shy stage and I remember I started teaching English and I was going no you know what I like the idea of radio and it was still in the back of my mind but I never built up the courage to do it and when I came back after Spain I went nope 100% I'm going to do it finish my degree and I tried to find any sort of entryway into it and that was where I found like there was a 10-week course with the broadcast course it's uh with two radio stations and WIT so it was um it was Beat 102 and WLR and it was a 10-week course that would introduce you into it it wasn't going to give you a job completely, but it was going to introduce you to it. And well, you know, when you go for something like that, you're like, I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to be a presenter tomorrow morning. Did the 10 week course. Didn't get that. Another girl got a job out of it. But I was like, damn it. But it kind of set the tone of going, yes, 100%. I want to keep with this. You didn't give up on it. No, not at all. I remember seeing um, we did like a kind of a show and tell night at the end of the course of here's what we made and there was a girl called Shona Lines who does uh, Beats Big Saturday she was in the uh, course with me and she got the job she got a job straight out and I was like damn it and I remember being called in to do an ad for Beat and it was for the Beat Fleet and you know they go hey it's Debbie here join me at 12 o'clock for this 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 for all this fun and games and I did that once and I was like yes I'm on the radio 100% love it didn't get a call back straight after it was five months I was waiting I was like okay I'm done now and so I got to that stage of going I I was bitten by the bug of radio and I was like 100% I want to stay with this but I didn't know how to and the jobs were already gone there was no way into it and so I decided to go into college again because I feel like with college that's the way you're going to educate yourself and build up that experience and also learn that yes 100% this is what I want to do so I went for a master's up in Dublin in TV and radio journalism but at the same time I had um, gone for a load of jobs in beat that I didn't get because I was still trying and I was going for like digital producer marketing person and I was like <laughs> I was not able to I was like I just wanted to get in the door please yeah I was yeah. like please anything so from those jobs that I had failed at I got a couple of email addresses from Beat. So then I started emailing them constantly mm-hmm. being like, hi, can I, can I work for free? Can I work for free? Can I work for free? And then finally the CEO saw one of my emails and she went, oh Jesus, 
this girl she will not leave us alone <laughs> so just give her a job to keep her quiet <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. and so what she did was um she connected me with the digital department in beat and said hey this girl would like to work for free one day a week what do you think and so i went from there so i was in miss selfridge at the time a shop in debenhams in waterford i was working there five days a week i was doing as store manager not yeah yeah there's a lot of responsibility on top of yeah it was mad and so i had two days off a week Um, one of the days was for me to go to college the other day was a thursday (laughs) and i'd work for free and beat and i did that for eight months and then i finally built up the courage and went it's time to leave selfridge and figure it out but Honestly, it's it's really like an industry that if you really want to go for it, from my experience of failing so many times beforehand, if you really want to go for it, just try and just keep asking and see like if this is the avenue you want to go down, try and find some sneaky way into yeah. it and figure it out from there. You have to be a bit brazen, I think. We were taught yeah. that. In, what Were you always uh, interested in doing something in the media, John, or was it just... Ah, yeah. sure. We'll no, put that I think course I always down. wanted to go into print media. I think I still, that's probably where I mainly I'd like to go. So journalism, well, yeah. 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 But um, since doing the course here in the college, getting into the TV and radio studio, definitely radio would interest you a lot. Um, TV as well, probably behind the camera more so than in front of it. Yeah. And did you, you, you had to produce your own radio shows here or was yeah, that we, part we of the had, course? Um, we had to, one day, I think a first year we had to do, present a radio show, only like a 10 minute radio show. Uh, come up with our own jingles and stuff like that for that was quite a simple one then I think in the second year we had to produce our own podcast where we bring on an outside guest can't be someone from the college and they have to tell a story some sort of interest story kind of has a bit of I don't know like a, a bad story that happened to you over on holidays mm-hmm. or yeah something something different yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and, and how then, did you feel the first time that you went and did the radio show in college I radio was fine because I know there's something about when the camera's on you I feel like then you tend to feel very nervous when it's just a radio it actually feel quite yeah. bad you can be doing anything computer just messing around <laughs> you can, I mean there's yeah. papers and everything around here and I could be eating a, eat my dinner yeah. and you wouldn't know yeah, yeah, yeah Michael the amount of times like I've started doing um, on my show TikTok live which is uh, like Instagram live but it kind of shows the background of radio and like that during like the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic I could go in in my pajamas and nobody yeah. knew because nobody was on the road when I was driving in no so yeah. like I was perfectly fine to do that and uh, on the TikTok lives like they're like what are you doing just, just popping up to the microwave <laughs> <laughs> whatever. you probably had the whole studio to yourself yeah it is like that's what was um, so great for me during this time as well is that the only person I saw for three whole months was Darren Rice who was from Beat Drive the show before me it was the only person I saw from March until, yeah, around June, until um, we started, like, calming down and got a couple more people going back into the studios and stuff. But um, it was mad, like, and being able to do that, you have a little bit more freedom and you're a lot more comfortable. So, you know, like, I'd say, like, I found that when I was doing TV and radio, so the TV part, you yeah. just, do you ever feel like that in the back, like, in your throat or in your stomach and you're yeah. just going... Okay, deep breath, deep breath. Something about, like, especially the TV studio up in the college to have, it's like a newsroom and to have the light shining down you and you're actually sweating with the light on you. It's so, it's so strong. You're like, oh, I've only met these people yeah. to try and talk in front of them now. At least you can blame the light though that, when you're yeah. sweating off the nerves. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. And then you're saying, so you, you went eight odd months, say, doing voluntary. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point did you kind of say to your boss or whoever, 
I would maybe like a bit of money, please. (laughs) So I had been um, working as like the intern in the digital department for around eight months. And at that time, so the broadcast centre has two radio stations in it. It has Beat and it has WLR. And so I was working away, coming in Thursdays, being like, yes, like loving life, being like, I can't believe I'm in here. And WLR approached me to work for their promotional team. And so I said yes, because why not? It was the first time I could get paid in radio. So said yes, and I started working for them for a good year. But when that happened, it also made Beat go, hey, what are you doing? Get over here. And so I was allowed to start working on the promotional team, so on the Beat fleet for Beat as well. So it was a period where I think it was from, I'd say, March until... Oh, August or September. I was working for both of those. They were fighting over you, probably. I hope they were. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like trying to make some sort of money so I could leave (laughs) Debenhams in some way because... When you you know when you find the job that you really want to do makes it a job more miserable nearly. <laughs> it really does because you're looking at it going, I can't believe I I've gotten a taster of this, and I'm not allowed to do it all day every yeah. day. And did that change? So you you know the way sometimes when you're doing something voluntary, you want to be there, you love it. I know because when you've been involved in voluntary work, maybe with your local community, you do it because you want to. But sometimes then when you get paid the fun goes out of it did that happen for you or did it did it stay a mad crack <laughs> no i'm a bit of a loser like <laughs> when it came to like being in radio i was just so happy to get in there and do anything mm. um which actually ended up happening because in i i was talking to uh, one of my lecturers who was up in dublin with me and she was a producer for rte back in the day um, i think she was like a producer for packenny or something and she just gave me the advice of going say yes Say yes to everything. When you get your foot in the door, say yes and figure it out from there. And so that's what my idea was. So I had said yes to work in the promotional team for WLR, yes to work in the promotional team for Beat. Then somebody went on maternity leave in the sales section and they covered a thing called Job Finder, which is basically, you know, the ads for when job vacancies come up. And so I said yes. And so I ended up working for the three of those. When that happened, I went okay, I can't possibly sustain working in Miss Selfridge as well. So I need to take this leap of faith. Um, None of them are like contract jobs. Like I don't know how many hours I'm going to get a week, but I need to take this leap of faith and figure it out. So when I did that, I also got a job in news. So there was a full year when I was working there that I had been working in the promotional team in WLR in Beat. I was working in the sales department and I was also uh, the go-to like news person that like I'd go to the plowing championships and do a video and stuff. And it was just that moment that going, if you really enjoy it, you're going to find a way and just be like, you know what, I'm fine. I'll worry about that money even though I cannot afford my petrol to drive up to yeah. Dublin next week. It'll be fine. Um, but honestly, my love for it has never wavered, which is mad. Brilliant, brilliant. Look, we're going to take a quick break uh, just to mention some of our sponsors, so we'll be back in a sec. Hello everyone, Sean Swan, Swan's Electrical Expert Carlo here. As Carlo's largest electrical store, we're delighted to be associated with IT Carlo Students Union. We stock the full range of Apple products, including phones, plus a range of Samsung tablets, watches and phones. Not to forget all your Fitbit and tracking devices, JBL speakers and headphones, laptops, PCs, gaming products and monitors at really good prices. Televisions have to be seen to be believed. So for all your electrical requirements, call to Swans Electrical Superstore Straw Carlo and we look forward to seeing you. 
My name is Emma, I'm Sales and Market Manager for the Talbot Hotel in Carlow. We are delighted to announce that we have partnered with IT Carlow Student Union this year to offer students a rate of €45 Euro for one room night or €85 Euro for two room nights. The deal is available to all students needing accommodation over the academic year 2020-2021. It is valid with a student ID card and then to book it you simply phone 059-915-3000 or email us on reservations at talbothotelcarlow.ie. We asked Carlow IT students where is the best place to have the crack after college. Here's what they have to say. Oh, we love going down to Tullys because the student deals are amazing. Well, honestly, I spend 90% of my time in Tullys. Yeah, man, I mean, Tullys is really the spot. Me and my boys always go there after school. Well, there you have it. Get on down to Tullys Tullys Street, Carlow. Why not come down and try our great student meal deals? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tullys, Carlow's number one spot for students. Carlo Cabs are excited to announce Carlo's very own taxi app. Just three taps and we're there. There's no journey too short or too long for Carlo's largest and most reliable cab service. You can find us by looking for the T on the back calling 059-914000 or by downloading our app from the App Store. We guarantee a service that's fast, safe and reliable 24-7. Carlo Cabs, we're ready when you are. Apache Pizza Carlo is delighted to be in association with IT Carlo's Students' Union. We are open from 1 to 11, 7 days a week. Call in or have us deliver. Make your online classes that bit easier with our student deal. A delicious 9-inch pizza, chips and a drink from only $4.99. You can find us in the heart of Carlo Town, straight across from the fountain. You can also order from us from on our app or website, www.apache.ie. Apache Pizza, happy days. Three, two, one. So you're very welcome back. And once again, thanks to all our sponsors who make this possible. As I mentioned, we have the fabulous Debbie Rigard here uh, and John as well, I suppose. Equally yeah. fabulous John. <laughs> Equally fabulous John, who is one of our uh, new administrators in the Students' Union. And we are talking about the media and young people in the media. Um, Debbie, Definitely a different time of the year uh, when mm -hmm. it comes to the whole COVID thing. You were saying there that you're literally going into studio now, it's hi to one person, yeah. bye to another person. Yeah. Did it change much or, you know, did you find more listeners were listening in now because they were bored, they were stuck at home or what, what was the story there? It, it, that's why, like, I know the situation with the COVID-19 pandemic is, it's extremely serious and it's dire throughout the world. The only industry I feel that is actually benefiting a little bit from it would be the media industry because now everybody is coming back to radio, they're coming back to TV and they're staying with the internet to figure out what's going on in the world and I found that so much so, especially with young people because they've been out of school since March mm, and yeah. I have a young uh, radio show and the amount, I'd say four times the amount of listeners start tuning in over that and now like it's insane just being able to see it because people come in and they're, it's like their little um, escape from the world, which is what the idea of radio was back a while ago. And I know there's always like, oh, video killed the radio star. And then it's just like coming back to radio being there. And that's the whole point. It's in your home and making And it was possible. it dipping before that? Because I know the, the, like, the likes of the TV stations mm -hmm. were struggling because of the likes of Netflix and uh, Amazon and all these ones. Yeah. Was radio suffering? In, in my opinion, no, 
um, only because like, so I had been in this job six months when the COVID-19 pandemic started. So I had only gotten my radio show and I was only getting to grips with doing a radio show. And then the whole world went turned upside yeah. down. And so this is kind of like the norm for me at this stage of having people and just finding a new way uh, to connect with people as well. And that's where like I found with TikTok is a way that I can connect with people that are also trying to get into radio and they're trying to find a conversation to have in the middle of the day because everybody is so far away from each other and the COVID-19 pandemic has also kind of made people not see their friends as much because we're trying to stay apart to stay safe and help people out whereas radio it's in your home all you need to do is flick on a switch and there you go there's your friend talking to you through the airwaves and so I think people have started to realize that which has worked out really well because I've gained so many like friends from it now and I'm like ah it's worked out really well for me anyway and do you think the future and this is open to the two of you yeah do you think the future of journalism is safe you know are we going to lose the printed media because I know John you were saying you wanted to mm-hmm. look at that because I mean papers were dying a death there but are they starting to revive again do you think um I think it won't die completely die probably what the conventional sense like you and me would think. Yeah. I think um, you look at it's all going to be now like the likes of your websites and blo- online blogs like Joe.ie, Boz.ie, stuff like that. That's going to be the new yeah. type of written media. Same with radio. Even if it does die down, would maybe podcasting be the big new big thing? Yeah. Everyone would go into that. I think it is. It's a, If you look at like every kind of company or like manufacturer or anything they've always had to evolve with the times and I think that's what the media industry has to do now and for a while there back in say the mid 2000s it was a bit of a like no I'm not changing we're radio we're tv we're newspapers and now it's come to the realization that the internet isn't your foe it's actually your friend of you in the proper way and so with newspapers I can see that like they're starting to get the resurgence and they're starting to build up more of an audience now because they've they've done things like subscription services so like i think it's um the guardian has like a subscription service of hey if you want to actually have this really great journalism and you want to keep these people that are really into journalism as a whole help us out and pay us and we can keep like journalism going in the way that it has done really well because sometimes you look at some other countries uh, in the world like the likes of america where things are very like out there and everybody's a journalist whereas I think when you come to like the European side of it we're still in a way of going do you think it's just Ireland though you know the way Ireland we are very traditional in ways and that local newspaper um, that you get in Carlo or Waterford or wherever you know the very few countries actually still have those going but we rely on them heavy because you want to know what happened to Johnny down the road there did he yeah, you know. you know what's so funny about that as well, actually? I was up in Donegal only two weeks ago and um, I was with my family who are based in Dublin, right? And we were talking about local radio and we were listening to Highland Radio or something and the death notices came <laughs> up. And, and they were like, excuse me, what is that? And they're like, oh, oh it's just the death notices seeing what's happening. They're like, what is that? So even in Dublin... People don't have death notices, whereas like that's what brings the community together when it comes to like the Southeast, like Carlo and Waterford. You listen in at 12 o'clock yeah. and 6 o'clock yeah, to see to hear. how people are doing yeah. and who do you have to co- contact. Because and- it's local and parochial and we rely probably a lot on the local 
papers and, and radio stations mm. um, to get information. I mean, if you think about it during the snow. Yeah. Um, or, or storm. What was that last storm? The Emma, wasn't it? That caused yes. all the eruptions. We listen to local radio mm-hmm. because they're local issues. You know, you don't want to listen to the national one because that's just general. You, you know, the beats if you're getting a snow day off school. Yeah. <laughs> it, it used to be the highlight. Yeah. Of, it really was. You'd be praying as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, please, please, please. And then everyone crowded around the radio. Yeah. yeah, there was one time where they named every school bar ours. Oh, stop. And they actually named our one as, yeah, no, they are actually open. And no, you're definitely going, Michael. Yeah, yeah, There's no yeah. doubt. And especially my name. Yes, Michael, you are going to, uh, you're going to school. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It's brilliant in one sense, and I hope it doesn't lose track. I think that that's what um, what's going to live on is the the niche of community is going to stay forever because everybody wants to know what's going on in your own lives and your community lives. So local newspapers, uh, local websites, as well as local radio stations, We're they're noticing. the ones that should kind of survive because they're also the ones that are right in your community. It's not as in like you're looking at, I don't know, let's say the BBC, you're not going to see Graham Norton walking down the street in Carlo. You're going to see like Trish Archer. You're going to see like, um, I don't know, the Carlo nationalist journalist walking down the yeah. road. That's who you're going to communicate with and say, hey, John, did you see what's going on mm. here? And I think that's what brings it together because it's all just one group. We're all living together in one situation. And why did you choose radio and let's say kind of well no maybe you did do the the tv at one stage but why why not tv have you the face for radio is that yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i feel like john i'm a little bit like you in that sense nervous with it yeah i like the background of tv i like how things work and i feel like sometimes tv would end up being a little bit superficial and you'd have to worry about Oh, what do I look like? What do I... Yeah. You couldn't come in in your pajamas now. Exactly. Yeah, if you were presenting I'm here the for news. the laugh. Yeah. That's it. I want to go and enjoy myself. And hopefully at the end of the day, when I turn off the microphone, I've made somebody else laugh as well. That's the whole point of it. And the idea of radio for me was exactly that. Like I can connect with somebody who might be having a tough time and make their day feel a little bit better. Whereas maybe TV is a little bit more structured and you can't go off target and you can't talk about something that like I get a text in from somebody which only happened like a couple of weeks ago that um that they were struggling that their leaving cert was coming up and they didn't know what to do and I was able to literally pick up the phone and call them and like that's the magic of radio that you can actually find somebody and talk to them and direct them in the right way as well so I was able to connect them with like the Samaritans and with Spun Out and it's something that you're not able to get without being like in I don't know I just love radio I'm a bit of a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> quite all right quite all right um, John and again Debbie can come in on this um do you think there's there's jobs out there are you confident that when you leave the SU and you it will be a sad day when you leave John because <laughs> you are an integral part of the students union movement um do you think there will be work out there for you or do you think you chose the wrong course? Um, I think there's, there's always been jobs there. I think the biggest thing, would probably be the biggest struggle is trying to get experience together to get your foot in the door in places. Like Debbie was saying about trying to uh, get your foot in the door and beat like you were struggling for a long time to get <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> a big thing is trying to get your experience and you probably have to work a job as well as trying to balance the two. Yeah. And do you think, I suppose you have to be a bit brazen and kind of... Yeah 
like what you yeah. <laughs> please yes. CEO please <laughs> that's how like I was scarlet when I started actually genuinely working for them because I was like do they remember how much of a weirdo I was in those emails being <laughs> yeah. like please let me in here but I think it is that it's you need to take that leap of faith and it's you're not going into the media industry which is sad to say you're not going into the media industry for big money that's not what you're doing. You're going in there for the love of it. For the love of it, yeah. And that's what happens. Like, when I was in doing my master's and I was working with Selfridge and I was working in Beat and WLR, I was make. I had a margin of three euro a week from my wage that I literally, apart from me putting my diesel into my car to go up to Dublin, I had three euro to spend a week. And that happened for about four or five months. And... It was just being able to go, no, no, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and doing that. And I know that's a bit daunting when somebody hears that going, oh, Jesus, like three or no way, this job is not for me. But it's like, if you find a, like a career that you really want to go into, you're going to find that way. And you might struggle for a little bit, but there's also so many different avenues. And like with the media industry nowadays, the internet is such a deadly place, like podcasting and uh, going to YouTube. And as I said, TikTok as well, that's taken off massively. There's like creator funds and everything for that at this stage. Um, and it's just trying to figure out that niche that you want to go into and go from there. Mm. And what are your hopes? We'll start with John for the coming year because uh, it is definitely going to be a different year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a roller coaster. I think we, we had a we had a podcast there recently um, with Nurse Teresa uh, from here and our access officer, Ashling. And they said it, it'll be very much a roller coaster. Could be, yeah. We don't know what's going to happen from day to day. But what are your hopes? Are you hoping that it will be a good year? Will you use the year maybe to get um, some experience and, and get your name out there, John? Yeah, hopefully. I think uh, one of the main things since I started here, which is exciting, is the fact that we have the podcast show and the mm-hmm. SUTV, which is going to be our new TV sort of show as well that we're running so hopefully gain a bit of experience through that um it's yeah i suppose we we had to adapt with the times because normally we would be doing our our on-campus events and stuff and we had to um something new think of something new otherwise we'd fail to exist Mm -hmm. you know and the the link between the students and us in the union but also the college as, as a whole would be gone it's so true um, that's such a deadly thing to have as well to have your like radio and your tv within it carlo it's something that not many colleges would actually have access to so in a situation where you would like to go into the media industry having an experience like that is second to none like i did a degree in spanish and french and i had nothing so like where where could i go with that to get into the media industry i had to do a master's and i had to go and find the avenue and get work experience and through only that and showing i actually did a show on my college campus that was my demo that i gave to beat and being able to give that going here's my radio documentary that i made on in um in dublin and then they go, oh, right, she wants to give it a go. And so having that in IT Carlo is such a deadly thing to have. It's interesting you said about the Masters. Do you feel that added to you getting the job or would the degree, I know the degree wasn't mm. necessarily in, in what you're doing, but do you think the Masters added that little bit of... It worked out well for me yeah. because I had... So basically when I was doing my Masters, I was doing all these other jobs as well. The college actually noticed as well. And so before I had finished my master's, I was actually lecturing as well. Um, so, so you were doing a, ta- a taught one or a, a research one? So what happened was I was trying to find my niche and getting into that's everything. You have to try and find your niche. So when I was doing the news uh, bits for Beat, 
I was trying to find, okay, how can I step this up and make them want to pay me more and more and keep me on a salary? And I was looking at mobile journalism. That's something that they nobody was kind of doing uh, three years ago. Like, and it was mad that like, nobody was doing it, yet people were doing it in England and America. And so I started doing that, and I went to the Plowing Championships and made a video and edited a video and went, here you go, put it to beat. And that became my job in beat, so much so that uh, the college I was going to in Dublin saw that and then I became the lecturer in mobile media in mobile journalism within six months because I was able to go hey I based all this information I did it myself and I was able to go for that when I look at like the masters itself I wanted to do that for myself because I think education is so important that I want to look back when I'm older and say hey I did that yeah I I did a masters I'm the first in my family to get a masters and like to be like I did that when I was struggling during the time and I also did it in something that I love and it also encouraged other radio stations and media companies that were giving me work at the time to say, hey, she's actually really into this. Let's give her a go. Mm. Like, you know, let's try it out. And so if you're doing a degree in IT Carlo that has something to do with media, that's already like a major stepping stone because you're showing your interest in it. You've dedicated your life to doing a part in college to do with the media industry so of course you're going to love it and it's obviously going to be a walk like a little bit in the door all you need to do is get those emails out and be like hey I'm Starts here calling people. would you do a, <laughs> would you do a master's John or are you happy at the degree I was, I was thinking of doing one I was actually speaking to my media lecturer last year and she was hoping to get a journalism master set up this coming year in the college brilliant that was obviously before we broke off for COVID so I don't know how that's going to go next year with funding or whatever but it would definitely be something I'd be looking into and had you any or, or outside of college say did you do any experience in the journalism didn't you have a you manage your social media manager for a local club yeah so uh, one of the local rugby teams I play for the Barracudas um, they needed someone to run their social media page they had none they're trying to get people really? to join so I ran that for two years um, did a few match reports and a few videos and stuff like that and made a few logos that was pretty much it and but did anything come of that or you know yeah. I, I, I assume you're keeping all that I have yeah, yeah. I kept um, um, no well I wasn't really I think I was just doing it at the time to help help out with the help coaches, out you, yeah you weren't coaches. thinking about I it as, thinking yeah. about, I was thinking it might look good in a few years time while I'm doing this media um, PR uh, degree that might help just if I do this the moment that's yeah. deadly though by you actually stepping forward and saying hey I'm going to do this and create something out of nothing also shows like your ability to create something initiative. for like a media. It's an initiative, yeah. you know. You took it upon yourself to to do it. Um but and, yeah, and I do know that there's a lot of people in the media industry, let alone just in radio, um, that have done exactly that. So um there's people that worked in the local radio station KCLR as well, um, that didn't do degrees, that they wanted to find a degree and they couldn't find one at the time before there was a media one in IT Carlo. They couldn't find um, something to do. So instead they did that and they created something out of nothing and went to matches and went, hey, here's a report. And they've done that in Waterford too and shown your initiative and saying, I can do this is also a way that you can prove yourself. And I think that's what's so great with like YouTube and with podcasts and like everybody, you can set up a microphone and just talk and then you go, hey, I can figure this out for myself so that when an opportunity does come up, you're able to go, hey, here's my experience and here's what I'm learning and here's what you can teach me. This is what I can do. Yes. yes. This is what I can do. <laughs> Fair play. Any, <laughs> any major plans for the future, Debbie? Yeah. 
going on to bigger, better things. You're going to stay local. <laughs> Will we see you on the BBC radio there sometime? <laughs> see me on Love Island? No, yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, I have no clue. Like, obviously, the whole world is at a standstill right now. But um, I was talking about this with a couple of my friends before. Of Like, 2020, no matter what, is... It is a big hole of there. That's all I can say. It's like, because I don't want to say any foul language or anything. <laughs> but it actually, if you look at it in a positive sense, it's also the one time in our lives that we're ever going to get where every single person is on an equal platform. Yeah, they had to stop, yeah. Every single person has the same opportunity right now because we're all at home. We're all trying um, to find out something because there's nothing else to do. We can't go off to Ibiza. We can't go off to Portugal or whatever. So this is the one time that we can sit back in our homes and go, how am I going to improve myself? How am I going to walk outside my, uh, my front of my house in 2021 when hopefully this is all over and done with and how will I come out a better person and that's like what I'm trying to do I'm gonna figure it out I'm still trying to figure out what way I can do that but um I feel like that's the time that everyone should look at it and look at it in a positive sense I know we're all stuck um in things that we don't want to do like you know that we are we like as much as we all wear our face masks people don't want to wear them we don't want to wear a face shield we don't want to sanitize all the time but it has to be done for the greater good and hopefully when we come out at the other end of this we'll have a positive sense coming from it too good good well folks i'm afraid that is all we have time for um a huge thank you uh, to debbie uh, for taking the time to be with us today and to john i know john you had a really long road to get up here now yeah all all (laughs) 20 seconds away from the students union but thanks a million to you both um for being with us today and giving us an insight into the media and young people and you can of course listen to debbie on b102 and a three from you can indeed monday to thursday from seven o'clock the top seven at seven and the takeover love it love it thanks a million guys uh, for being with us remember if you want to get in touch with us on our social media itcsu is uh, the tag and then our website www.itcsu.ie all the latest content for SUTV, SU podcasts up there. So don't be shy. And um, just a quick mention to our sponsors, Apache Pizza, Swans Electrical, Carlo, uh, Carlo Cabs, Tully's, and of course, our partners, the Talbot Hotel. Until next time, stay safe and mind yourselves. Thanks a million.